welcome to the Better Birth Podcast with Erin Fung, hypnobirthing instructor. Join me as I talk to industry experts about all things birth, pregnancy and beyond. Hi, so welcome to this episode of the Better Birth Podcast. Today I'm talking to Sahela from Osteo Wellbeing. Hi, Sahela. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I'm really excited to speak to you today because I'm really, I'm a big advocate of um, craniosteopathy and I really wanted to speak to somebody about about this this um, treatment because I've seen mm-hmm. a craniosteopath for all three of my children for various different reasons. Um, uh, so my, my first child had um, really bad silent reflux um, and she just didn't sleep or eat so we saw a oh cranial tear um, and it, it was amazing you know like she never used to nap and um, after her first treatment she slept for four hours I actually started putting <laughs> she never ever napped that long um, so it was, it was amazing like she really improved each time we saw the cranio um and then with my second daughter this is awful to admit this my second daughter I was so exhausted I fell asleep and she'd never do this is really dangerous I fell asleep feeding her on and she was on my chest and she fell off me onto the floor and bashed her head oh, oh it was only like I mean she must be like six weeks old she was really really tiny so obviously got her seen by a GP just to make yeah. sure she was fine and she was fine um but I went to see a cranio just because she had this huge egg lump on her forehead. <laughs> oh, um, they were like fine she's fine but um I thought you know that could have probably knocked things out of place so I had her treated yeah. um and then um my son um he he had a real preference for one boob when I, mm-hmm. when I had him um, and I thought there might be some stiffness in his neck. So I went to see a cranio for him and they realigned. They realigned. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's like, I think the craniosteopathy is amazing. Um, and I'd love for you to kind of explain a little bit more, everybody that's listening, what, what it is and, you know, how it works and, and kind of what it can be used for, for, for kids and why it's so fantastic for babies. Yeah. I mean, um, so... As an osteopath, um, cranial osteopathy, I was really lucky, was part of my course. So it's not a separate um, form of osteopathy. It's just a, it's a type of treatment, basically. Um, and some osteopaths use it and some osteopaths don't use it. Um, sometimes it's not part of their course and they, they can do further courses in it. Um, I was really lucky it was part of my course. Um, and it's basically a form of a really gentle technique, a really gentle technique that osteopaths use. And it's based on the belief that all tissues in our body have their own gentle rhythm. Mm-hmm. And the osteopath needs to tune into that rhythm and can see if there's any restrictions or any disturbances in that rhythm. And then using really gentle, like, I mean, if you were to watch someone doing cranial osteopathy, it looks like they're not doing anything. It really does, yeah. It looks like they're just you're putting your hands on the baby. Yeah. It doesn't look like you're doing anything. Really, really gentle movements just to correct any disturbances in that in that um, rhythm within the tissues. So you can, so I mean, even though it's called cranial osteopathy and it makes you think it's all based around the head, you can actually use the technique all over the body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, some osteopaths, can simply 
fix issues further down the body just holding the head mm -hmm. um, they can tune into it that well so yeah yeah that, that's basically what it is um, and it can be used for adults and children um, obviously with children you have to be really gentle and really careful so it's the really the only form of technique that you can use on babies um, but with adults it works really well as well so yeah when when I, I remember when I went to see the osteopath for my son um, I mean they did treat his head but they also worked all the way down his body as well mm. so like his back and kind of placing their hands underneath his lower back and and yeah. yeah and it is it really does look like you're not doing anything because yeah. it's kind of just sat there and eyes closed with their hands on on on, on his body but they were yeah. obviously doing something and it obviously does work because it really did help release the stiffness in he had I think he had um tight muscles down one side of his neck which is why he wasn't feeding very well on the other side it must yeah. have been uncomfortable for him um mm -hmm. but what what kind of things can osteopathy and, and cranioosteopathy help with um, particularly um, children? Yeah, so particularly with babies, it can help with, um, like you said, any sort of feeding difficulties from tightness in the neck. Mm -hmm. um, it can help with, you know, burping, winding difficulties. If you've got issue, if the baby's got um, any spasms or issues with their diaphragm, um, that can cause difficulty burping or uh, you know farting going the other way yeah. um, so it can help with issues like that it can help um, babies that are constipated it can help release um, issues through there so it can help with pooing it can help them feel more settled I mean the the birthing process is a really difficult process sometimes for babies I know it's natural but it's quite forceful yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of um you know compressive forces going through their body so um and this irritation of the tissues can cause all sorts of discomforts for them um so it just it's it can help by releasing these discomforts that then cause things like um you know babies being irritable colic like symptoms mm -hmm. um you know turning their head one way more than the other head shape um issues all that sort of thing and it can help just release the tissues and, and help the baby just be more comfortable basically mm -hmm. i imagine if if you've if your baby's had an instrumental delivery with forceps or even mm. some i imagine the craniosteopathy must be quite good for, for helping mm -hmm. as well yeah so when babies are developing in the womb the bones of their head sort of overlap like a petal mm -hmm. And so sometimes, um, you know, especially for babies that have C-sections and they don't have that compressive force going through the birthing canal, mm -hmm. that they need that, that compression to actually open up the bones and make them um, unfold. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes that can be an issue. But like you said, sometimes with instruments sort of where their bones are so malleable and they've got instruments kind of, you know, forcing them out a bit, that can have an issue as well. And it's all just about making sure that the bones in their um, skulls are, are in the correct position and not, not having any extra forces of compression going through there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, so where where did you um, where did you train for for your? Um, I studied at the European School of Osteopathy. So the actual um, premises was in Maidstone, but it was part of Greenwich University. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. that's actually where I took my son to get. Oh, is it? Yeah, I took I took him there and took him to Maidstone. 
um all right for some of the the student um yeah 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 it's really yeah. good there it's yeah really good. and everyone's really lovely um yeah. the, only, the only sad thing is is then then obviously because they're all training if you want to continue seeing somebody they kind of they're not there anymore somewhere yeah <laughs> to work somewhere else um but um so where 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 do you work where's your practice uh, my practice is in West Wickham in Bromley oh okay so oh, South East London yeah I grew up in West Wickham oh did you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've always grown up around here as well in Beckenham you know this sort of area yeah yeah <laughs> um so you mentioned that um Osteopathy is suitable for, for, for all ages and craniosteopathy uh -huh. um, is also suitable for all ages. Um, do you treat pregnant women at all? Yeah, we do treat pregnant women. Um, again, a lot of the time their body is changing and quite quickly. Yeah. Um, not only through, you know, added weight at the front of their body, but they've got hormones going through their body that relaxes everything off, preparing the pelvis for birth and, and that kind of thing. So quite commonly they get aches, um, lower back aches, aches in their hips, mm -hmm. aches at the front of their pelvis, um, just purely through all these changes. Um, and unfortunately, some women sort of just seem to suffer through it, thinking that they have to because that's what, you know, birth is all about. But actually osteopathy can be really, um, really useful and really helpful at stopping those mm -hmm. pains. I mean, a lot of the time, I get a lot of pregnant women coming in and just within one or two treatments, a, a pain that they've been having for a good few weeks or months is, is gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's also, I mean, osteopathy can be used to help treat pains and aches and problems, but it's also great to prepare your body as well and as a preventative treatment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I always, even if my um, pregnant patients are feeling better, I always suggest that they come back to me at week 38, 39, and we just have a check of the pelvis and just make sure that everything is, um, you know, in the correct alignment, giving them the best possible chance of a, of a good um, labour. Yeah, and it is so important. It's a common theme, actually, with a lot of the practitioners across all the different disciplines that I speak to for the podcast. They all they all emphasize this importance of making sure that your pelvis is aligned in the in the most optimal way. And it's not I think it's not something that a lot of us think about. Um, you know, we think about taking our vitamins. We might think yeah. about packing a hospital bag and, you know, all yeah. <laughs> we don't think about the impact that our alignment of our pelvis can have on birth. And it, it really can have a huge effect on the yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so it's really important, and it can affect the you know the position the baby's in. Um, mm -hmm. So it is really important, and I think it's a really good tip actually to see somebody kind of nearer the end of pregnancy, even if you have seen someone earlier on with you know kind of pelvic girdle pain or whatever it is that you've been suffering with. To see somebody near the end is is a really good tip actually. So yeah, in that I'll be recommending to my clients yeah. you know, <laughs> going forward. Um, so um is 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 um osteopathy mainly for kind of physical ailments um like with the body or can can it affect um you know emotions and and, and mental well-being as well mm -hmm. i i'm a massive believer in the link between emotional and physical treatment mm -hmm. um, 
Um, I remember when I was at uni, I had a I had to have a back operation actually between my first and my second year. And in my third or my fourth year, one of my colleagues was doing a technique around the the scar um, on my on my lower back. I just burst into tears, and I have absolutely no idea why. It wasn't painful. Um, but I must have been holding some kind of emotional trauma in that area yeah. and just some physical like rolling of the skin at that area. And I just burst into tears. Yeah. So I think there's a huge link between your, your emotional and physical health. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if osteopaths don't feel like they're working with people emotionally, they will be because our tissues hold so much emotion and trauma. I mean, the amount of patients that you come in and you see and you're taking a detailed case history and you're trying to find a physical reason as to why they've got this issue and there just isn't one. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd been treating a patient for years and his wife had recently been diagnosed with um, liver cancer. And all of a sudden he started getting pain in his right shoulder, which he'd never had before. Mm -hmm. Nothing had changed. And there is a link between the right shoulder and your liver. Mm. And so just this emotional stress of his wife being diagnosed with liver cancer, he started feeling pains in his shoulder and there was no physical reason I could find, you know, yeah. for that to occur. So I think there's a huge link yeah. uh, between the two. So I, I think that, um, yeah, you can definitely help someone emotionally with osteopathy as mm. well as it's interesting you say that because my um so my my mum is a Bowen practitioner. I don't know if you know about Bowen, but it's um tiny bit, but yeah, kind of it's a kind of it's it's another it's an, it's a it's a holistic therapy. It's a bit like kind of acupressure. I, I kind of liken it to that kind of manipulating certain points on your body to help with mm-hmm. physical and uh, physical ailments. But um, there are certain points again, like there's certain points on your body where if you manipulate them, they do they do release emotions and it's interesting yeah. you saying your lower back because I can't every time my mum works on my sacrum which yeah. is like the you know the bottom of your spine sort of tailbone area I get really emotional and upset and I start crying and that's yeah. no reason why it's just because yeah. you're on that area and it does release emotion so you're right your sacrum like, especially your sacrum especially is a is a massive area for holding emotion mm. a massive area we they they always taught us at uni that um you know if someone is going through quite an emotional time you must check their sacrum because it is you know it's an area known to hold like emotional stress yeah 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 it's so interesting isn't it yeah um I think there's lots I think there's lots that we don't understand or we don't you know we don't um we don't know about when it comes to that kind of connection but Mm -hmm. but again I mean there is you know, there is scientific evidence to show that there is um, a link between our, our mental well-being and our emotions and our brains and, and our bodies. I mean, mm. that's what it's one of the things that hypnobirthing is based on, mm. that link between your 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 mind and your body, because um, 100%, yeah. you, you think a certain thing, it may not be real, but your body yeah. will react in a certain way and it, it manifests it physically. So there's, there's yeah. a definite link. Um I mean, yeah. even even just having the treatment, you know, even even if there wasn't a biological, mental, li- you know, um, brain link, um, you know, just just taking the time to have uh, a therapy, and yeah, you know, just just have that that thirty minutes or whatever it is, just to yourself, 
and spending some time on yourself. I mean, a lot of my patients say that. They're like, oh, this is the first time I've had, I can't wait to get on that couch. <laughs> it's the first time I've had, you know, 30 minutes to myself. And, and yeah. a lot of them say that they come back just because they like to have that me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's definitely a huge link there. Yeah, it's particularly now, considering we're all in this heightened state of, anxiety yeah. <laughs> I imagine having you know having an opportunity to have five minutes or you know half an hour to to really connect to yourself and and you know treat yourself I think is even more mm-hmm. important isn't it yeah um, definitely so, and it, and your your um your practice is open currently throughout this, this lockdown yeah osteopathy is a medical service mm-hmm. um we're um, yeah, primary healthcare providers. So we're allowed to stay open at this time. Obviously, we do everything that we can. So we're leaving time between clients to air the room out, clean literally anything a patient touches is cleaned, wiped down. Um, we wear masks, disposable gloves, dis- uh, disposable aprons, and change like you know between each patient and you know all of that sort of thing. We ask our patients to wear masks as well and sanitize their hands when they come in and yeah so we're, we're but I mean we're lucky we have to do all of that but we're lucky we can stay open so you know yeah it's worthwhile yeah I think it's it's I think it's hard but it is it is really hard on small businesses isn't it so mm-hmm. um and, and and you're providing a really valuable service as well so I think it's fantastic that you can stay open thank uh, you but um, yeah, it's it's comforting to know that you're taking so many measures to make sure that everybody's safe at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Um, so um, if anyone wants to find you on online, where do they need mm-hmm. to go to find you? Um, so we have a presence on Facebook. Um, our, our business name is Osteo Wellbeing, all one word. So we have pages on Facebook, Instagram, um, People can email us. All of our, our details are there. We've got a website, www.osteowellbeing.co.uk, where there's lots of information on there about the different things we treat and how we can help someone um, if they wanted to, you know, check first to see if their issue is something that we can help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are the most common ways to find us. A simple Google search of Osteo Wellbeing and everything's there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. It's been really lovely. That's all right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. The Better Birth podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung.